0: This is been like a ghost, and we're live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter channels with Rara Blue, and we have a really cool episode today. she got her brand new album, um, and we're going to talk about that, but first of all, um, we wanted to uh, mention that we're on um, Newsly, which is another podcast app, and so this podcast will be translated from audio, from video to audio on Newsly, so you should check that out if you Code goes twenty-one to a one month free premium subscription, so you can stop scrolling and start listening, and everybody can uh, check that out after. And we have your hyper follow, so everybody can find out everything about Rara Blue on that hyper follow link and uh, the new album. We're gonna get into it today. Um, and watercolor dreams. That that's the album, and we're gonna ask you like as much as we can about it. We do have a video that we have queued up. So I think I might go to the video first, and then we'll start asking you about all the all the questions we want to get into. But thank you for being on the program.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to share these uh, stories with so you. So I
0: think, cool. So I'm going to queue this up. And once it's queued up, um, I think I'll put you on mute, and then we'll come back. And yeah. then we'll talk about the album. So this is um, the song that we have, Sunbeams. It's official video and we're going to run this and then we'll talk to you. So let's get this going. Let me put you on mute and then we'll talk. So that was and we're back with Rare Blue. You can hear me, right?
1: Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, we're back. Uh,
0: so yeah, that, that's an interesting. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm. First of all, like I'm so grateful to the beautiful Pascaline who was the girl in the video, and also Emma Guizot who directed and filmed it, and. Um, I I really like felt how Emma was able to capture the emotion of the song for me so well mm-hmm. in her own uh, kind of way of uh, describing it. But I really uh, enjoyed how she um, kind of not even we, we didn't meet in person to talk about the plans of this video. We did it over uh, Internet. But oh, wow. still, she was able to understand me so well and uh, put my feelings into this video. Uh, so I'm That's really awesome. happy. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it so hard,
0: like during COVID, a lot of times you, you're not able to do what previously like artists could like meet and physically be on set. And a lot of things are done remote. And for it to still come out the way you wanted it or even better yes. than maybe you anticipated that's really cool i think that's a good yeah. feeling to mm-hmm. have that happen
1: that's truly so, i feel like
0: mm-hmm.
1: amazing skill to have in a way because uh first thing the i feel like COVID gave us this magical opportunity to work so with everybody but at the same time it's not for everybody to be able to understand each other's work, to actually communicate well enough to make it work. So that's really uh, wonderful that this kind of worked out for us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole nother skill set because you have to like, I know this album was like he had a journey through a lot of emotions and there's a lot of a lot of um, like um, personal uh, story in this album that at least personal things happen to you and you put it into the music. And then like COVID's happening, which affects everybody. And then to still be able to move forward. And it's really like I think a testimony to like a, the human spirit to be able to find mm-hmm. a way, no matter what, and to be artists. And we we you know we we had to work one way before COVID. Now we have COVID and post COVID, whatever. We've learned new ways to to do art. We've learned new ways to mm-hmm. how to connect. And I think it's real important for people to like keep on pushing and not say, Well, I can't do anything. I, you know you get The yeah. fact that you can be found a way, I think that's super positive. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually believe that this uh, same song is kind of this. Uh, I When I wrote it, I really felt like I was in a starting point of really having to look into myself and mm-hmm. start to work on all the things that I said, Obstacles like for myself. I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, I mm-hmm. feel like it's also the quarantine time that made a lot of the people kind of look into themselves. So mm-hmm. I find it kind of relatable in many different ways.
0: Yeah, I think it is very much. I mean, I've, I've doubled down, <clears throat> you know, in this whole time period into podcasting, which has allowed me to, instead of touring, is how I used to meet people. And then I would yeah. get my connections from touring, and then because of the podcasting, I've get I've, I've been able to get other connections and work with people in the same way that you're describing. You did a video and you never met, and yeah. I've been able to work on projects like that like continually. I I, I do it like all the time. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, I think the whole you're saying that um this song, Sunbeams, was this like the first song of in in this project, or is it one of the? Um, you know, primary songs for the watercolor dreams uh,
1: in a way it was the first song where i felt like okay new album is coming but actually uh, one song and uh, never mind the lyrics mm-hmm. for that song i wrote a long time ago when i was still uh-huh. doing like a pop rock band thing oh, and wow. uh, in yeah so it was completely different song but these words somehow came back to me while I was writing this album. So I, I produced a new beat and then the same song kind of came into my head. And so I really felt like, because it was also resonating with the time that I was in, uh, I felt like it needs to be in the storyline. Uh, right
0: does that happen to you where you sometimes go back to like things that you um like every artist has like their 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 like their i don't know they used to vault like prince used to have a vault and he had all these things right and sometimes he'd bring it back right Mm -hmm. and and people would like like i found out like 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 the song from the sign of the times um uh, it was he actually wrote in 79 inside of the time, like 86 or something, like 80, around that time. So he had the song sitting around. It was Mm -hmm. like six years old and then he brought it back. And so it's like, it seems like some artists will go back and say, Hey, I can approach this thing differently now. I Mm like, I like it, but I'm going to change it. But it's like, do you find that you do that? Or is that like a rare thing that you do?
1: Uh, No, I usually definitely don't do that. I feel like I get really inspired and then I, Need to go and express it really fast, or like write it down, do new things. So I, I never feel like I'm out of ideas, mm-hmm. and that's a blessing, I guess. But uh, but it's more like this this song kind of popped back into my head. It, it wasn't again. like I was searching for it, but it yeah. felt it fit. like it fit. like right it fit. for the time.
0: Yeah. It fit where you were. Yeah. I guess sometimes you have something and it's like, it fits where you are. So I I think you were saying this album, like in the write-up that I have is like, it's a, it's a journey of alternative electronic pop soundscapes. I've really always been into the idea of soundscapes and you, you, you had um, a lot of emotion in terms of you're moving to another country, you lost a close friend and a Mm -hmm. family member. not being able to be there and having a breakup all in one year so there's a lot that went on and so maybe we can kind of um talk about the songs in the context of what i just said so yeah is there are there particular songs that you want to point out that that are part of that process
1: uh this song called demons it's the second song of the album
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh this song kind of came to me uh, after I found out that uh, my friend died, that was my age. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really um, difficult to kind of process these things in a way that um, um, when you, especially when you go to another country, you never feel like, did I do enough? Like, was I there enough? Should yeah. have I understood the signs where it went wrong or,
0: yeah,
1: it's really uh but i but I feel like it's something that I really wanted to say to people because you never know when you see the people last time, and it's not only about uh passing away or something, it's also about just caring for each other and uh always being like there with each other I feel like for example social media also cuts us off when we spend time with our friends and we're on our phones all the time which I'm also very guilty of I am so addicted but you never know maybe maybe your friend moves away the next day maybe something other happens so I really like wanted to put this song out to call uh, the people to live kind of in the moment and spend time with the people that they love Yeah, because I find it really important. And also a reminder for myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Cause like, you know, a lot of life is like, like if you get put into a situation where you can't get to somebody, then you really appreciate. And then you might not have told them like what you, what you feel. And I think a lot of times like I had some moments in my life where I had significant things happen, kind of went through a crucible. And then I decided I'm going to be honest. Right, I'm gonna tell people, mm-hmm. even if they don't like it, I'm gonna tell them kind of like that what I feel and not hide it. Because you never know, like if you're ever gonna see them again, like you said, like why not take the risk? It might hurt me, it might not make them feel comfortable, but maybe I at least tell people where my head
1: yeah. is. <laughs> I also felt for for a very long time, I felt like avoiding confrontation was like love for me in a way because I was like okay I love them so much that I will let this pass but Mm. uh, as I got older I kind of realized that also comfort confrontation can be love uh, in a way that
0: yeah you connection yeah
1: yeah you let them treat you right as well because that's what people who love you do you know so it's you're uh,
0: you're not always gonna have agreement you know just just to avoid argument, then you don't actually let, let things, you know, kind of evolve because you're scared to let it evolve. You know, it's important to kind of have that communication. And I think, you know, music is a good way. Sometimes like I find as a songwriter, I don't know if you do <clears throat> that you can say something in a song that you had a hard time actually telling somebody. So do you like to put in your songs, something that maybe you, you wouldn't actually say to somebody directly?
1: Um, I feel like I try to be as 100% as I can all the time. So in a way, I sometimes feel like I am too direct even. So in, I don't think that these aren't the things that I wouldn't say. But a lot of those are afterthoughts. Like, for example, again, the song Nevermind, it kind of starts as a phone call like uh, to to my ex and uh, to talk about and then reminiscent of the times that we had together. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: uh, then kind of as you go through the process of remembering these things, you realize how much you have grown and also how you see things differently now. And then at the end, this release kind of ending the phone call with, ah, you know, never mind. (laughs)
0: yeah so it's yeah, kind of, but, kind of well, ironic it's kind of ironic you know it's like it has a little bit of a catch to yeah. it you know it's like a writing technique to kind of catch people like oh you know that's interesting and it's like i, I think i like that like the style of, of of that kind of you know a lot of times the people don't you know they listening to so many songs today that are bangers and they're just mm-hmm. like beats and you're writing songs have like depth and meaning which is you know is is something different in our time? It's not that what what you know is, is usually being done, mm-hmm. but um, one of the things I wanted to ask, find foundational to the project, like how did you get come up with the title of Watercolor Dreams? Like, how does that? What yes. does that mean to you?
1: Um, I am I really love painting myself, and mm-hmm. also all sorts of art or creation is really close to my heart. And uh, when I started to think about what to name the album, because that's kind of the last thing for me, mm-hmm. then uh, there's this in the song Moving Too Fast, there's the line of uh, there's the, there's no rush to go where you've always been gliding the bed, brush colouring the wind. And I really felt yeah. like this, this was it for me because I. Watercolour Dreams is firstly about me going, going after my dreams and what I believe in and this coloring the wind or this water colored relief feels like to me, like fulfilling words that otherwise maybe would be empty or, or also in music, I feel like it can be either you, you can say all these words, but. If they don't resonate with you, you don't kind of understand them and it, you don't have to. But that's that's something that I really like to do is to put meaning in my songs, but also that they would be also entertaining that you don't have to listen to the meaning if you yeah, don't yeah. want to, you know? Yeah, so
0: like a lot of people actually, like I get fans and like they listen to music and they actually misinterpret the lyrics or they yeah. get them wrong. But they, they're listening to the music and they... Every fan has an impression of what you do, and it's like yeah. their own kind of vision. And like a lot of things, I like the idea of dreams or soundscapes mm-hmm. or like sound paintings. I've been very much yeah. a, a big proponent of the idea of sound paintings, and the Water mm-hmm. Cuddle of dreams kind of follows that idea. Yeah, that, you know, like if you think about George Martin and the Beatles, he said, you know, "Like, what what are you guys doing in Sergeant Pepper? Oh, that, that's a sound painting. That's like that's mm-hmm. like taking." taking like a, a, a Manet and doing it sonically. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Right? And I, I've been a big proponent of that. Even Hendrix talked about it on Electric Ladyland. And I like the idea of, the, I think every musician, if you start telling a story, people get that soundscape. They get the kind of cinematic point of view. They start mm-hmm. to see your song in terms of that story. And then everybody has yeah. their own impression of the story.
1: Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's what I love about music is like, I can express how I feel in a moment or what I experience, and I want to give this to people. But what this means to them is completely up to them, and that's the that's the beauty of it for me. That uh, if if I can say one thing and it means something completely else to you, but it means something to you, that's already a big win for me.
0: Well, that's how you kind of get this universal key. I mean, I think everybody when they get when you see people move into your song. That's kind of like the universal key or the beat. And then what people take internally in their mind's eye, that's like personal. But then you can see the public, like if you're at a concert and the people are like all kind of in unison, clapping or moving or grooving to it, then you know you've actually tapped into something. And it's universal that everybody feels that beat. They feel the movement but then it's yeah. personal about the thing. So it's, it's cool about music that you can hit both of that. You can hit that kind okay. of, kind of, you know, kind of feeling where everybody just has a universal feeling. And then you yeah. have the private feelings also and impressions, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So that kind of goes into the idea of the watercolor dreams being like a soundscape yeah. or dreamscape. Um, yeah. So when you are working, yeah, go ahead.
1: I had a really interesting experience uh, few weeks back where I went, I live in Brussels right now, but I'm not the French speaker. And mm-hmm. I went to a poetry night that was yeah. completely in French. And it oh, was a very, very interesting experience, because if you take away the language, all is left is emotion. Yeah, and yeah. if the emotion is there, then even it's if cool. the poem is really bad, I feel it like I understand
0: it. it. Yeah, you can still feel. It's like how somebody speaks you that emotion, even if you don't know the language. Yeah, I watch I watch K drama, and I'm watching the K drama in Korean, and Mm -hmm. you know I get the subtitles, but I like to listen to the Korean because I can hear the emotion in the actor's voice. Yeah, it's like the combination with the subtitle. I might not know what they're saying
1: in Korean,
0: but I can still feel the way the actor does it. Like the that, yeah. the emotion that the actor puts through their voice is still critical to me. To hear. That's why I've rather listen to it in in Korean than try to convert it to English because then I'm gonna miss what he was actually yeah. doing. You know. So I think I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So one of the things I was gonna ask is like you worked at the the farm studio and that's like what um. Yes, and and so was that hard to do in COVID, or was it easier at the time you were working there?
1: That's also another really fun story because uh, I, uh, I think it was of course easier because uh, I have like there was less queue, so I actually had a chance. But the way, (laughs) yeah, but the way that I worked for it, or that the deal that we made was so that uh, I went there in a few days. And then uh, we recorded the vocals. And uh, Jan was helping me. He was he's uh, really nice. And I'm really thankful for him. And then after I went, and I did some uh, ceiling paintings for them uh, for the venue. Hello. So oh, yeah. Hello, it was you uh, like
0: a barter deal. Barter. Yes, exactly. Barter. We,
1: had, we had art partners. That's cool. <laughs> so. So, I think that's yeah, cool I
0: think more more people should do that because a lot of artists are multi-talented you know you might be a photographer you might be an actor you might be a painter yeah, yeah. and being able to barter studio time or engineering time or access to an instrument like access to like a Mellotron and I can't get to it unless you let me do X you know then I oh because you have the Mellotron sitting over here but if I do this for you will you let me use the Mellotron <laughs> you know yeah um, <laughs> Um, So I mean, just uh, I think that's dude. I'm glad that you actually did that. I think people should keep that in their head. That is an option. Like, why not? Why not ask somebody? Like, could I actually barter something? Yeah, I feel like Um,
1: like as a beginner artist, you also don't have that much of uh, money to put into all of these things. So you kind of need to also be creative and. And I really feel so warm and thankful that I have had all these really nice and kind people around me that they, that they believe in me, that they let me do these things, that they come with me and help me out. And it's, it's the best feeling ever because working with people, with the project that you believe in, is mm-hmm. literally the best feeling ever. <laughs> I, re- but I think I that's re- really
0: also cool to point out. Like you have this, you're a, you're a singer songwriter, you know, artist, but you still have a team of people. That even when you're like not don't have a band, like people like oh you got yeah. a band like the Beatles or the Stones. Like if you're a single a, a solo artist, you still have a team. You still have yeah. your producers. You still have the people you collab with, other writers, recording engineers, people who helped you. Um, you know, yeah. mentors involved so there's a lot of people in music it's like a team it's a team effort yeah. a lot going on uh, you might have your name Robert blue as the primary name there but there's a lot of people behind what you were doing right
1: yeah exactly i feel like i as an artist or producer i am the generator or the pe- person that starts stuff but it isn't only of me. It, there's all of these talented and skilled and amazing people that actually make this happen and help me out and and uh, understand my vision and also want to work for it. So it's definitely not only me, because if it was only me, it w- it wouldn't be what it is today. So I really yeah. believe that all the engineers, the studio, the all well, the other, uh, visual people that have uh, helped me out or wanted to work with me. And yeah, I'm really grateful. It's amazing. So that
0: kind of maybe comes to the cover of the album. Uh, maybe you can talk about who, yeah. who you work with to create the, the visual for that.
1: Yeah. Also this one uh, was uh, through true internet. We met and, uh, it's uh, a Tika he's in Instagram and, uh, He does AI art and I was casually, I guess, scrolling somewhere or somebody reposted or I'm not sure how, but I ended up on his page. And I really felt his way of doing uh, these images because same way for me, I feel like I am in my music. I have this very deep meaning in a way, but also I have this bubbliness. And yeah, I don't know, like this is kind of what I try to express and I felt this darkness in his imagery as well. And so because I really like painting, we decided that uh, we're going to teach the AI based on the paintings and some images that I gave and uh, and uh, we came up with some visualizers and uh, some images and then uh, I completely uh, fell in love with this idea because I, with art, what I really like about it is that you can be the one that is describing what's on the image. And since AI isn't really like, okay, this is an apple, let's let's draw an apple. But the, it was combination of all these different things. Mm-hmm. It uh, kind of generates this image and you as a person, you want to see things in there. So you start to, Notice is this a woman uh laying down? Is this is this a ball? Are these mountains? Is this a cave? Like you your mind starts to wonder, and that's what I want to create with my music and my artists.
0: Yeah, it's this it's wonder. a very it's a very beautiful cover, and it seems like impressionistic or kind of like yeah. it's um like you're trying to like yeah, you're trying to like discern what it is because it's not exactly clear and it's kind of like that leaves yeah. it open to interpretation. Yes. And and then you kind of see that kind of like paint dripping, like it's a watercolor dripping. it's like, yeah. nice. so I, I see a lot of cool things going on. There's tons of elements and I could probably just talk like the whole thing about that. But <laughs> I, I, if I yeah. get into all the details into it, like from an art perspective, there's a lot of detail there in, on that cover. I, th- I tell everybody to go, go to her Spotify, go to, go to anywhere you can find the album and you look at that cover, you know, that yeah. makes me want to buy it on vinyl so I could have a uh. bigger, a bigger version of it. <laughs> I don't know if you maybe do someday. It. Yeah, the cool thing about vinyl was that you could see a cover like that, like a lot bigger. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Vinyl is really cool. I love that about vinyl. I, I'm, I'm trying to work some stuff, you know, my stuff, catalog into that. But um, yeah. I think it's just fantastic when you have a project, and you involve another artist, you know, in yeah, you into your, that must have felt really good. Be able to have, yeah. you know, to meet this artist kind of like you just kind of, you know, ran into him because you're on the net and you, yeah. you found him and like, wow, that's cool. That's a co- coincidence, but cool, like, uh, you know, thing to happen. But then I guess mm-hmm. the other question mm-hmm. is like, you have, um how did you come to meet Dutch rapper Joe Flock? If I said the name right.
1: Oh, we also met over internet. There's so many people in this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in this project that I met through, for example, I went to co-writing camp and then we worked with an engineer that finally ended up mixing like seven songs of the album. We never met, but through uh, FaceTiming and uh, working together over online, we became like friends and then then decided to work on this project. And also like, uh, that's the way that you can kind of share your vision and your project and find these people that uh, resonate with you is through working with them. So with uh, Joe Flock, it was the same way. We didn't plan on making a song for the album, but uh, we we just wanted to make some music together. And so we, uh, I produced the beat at first and I wasn't even sure that I am going to sing on it, but uh, then he did his verses and I, then I really felt like, oh, maybe I should do a hook. And then I added another verse and then it it, it it became, became of all this, yeah. and then I really like I liked this song a lot, and I felt like I put a lot of my real like emotion in there. It wasn't just songwriting for me, so I really felt like it fits with yeah, the and same.
0: The, and that's the experience. song. All we all we know that's the collab, right? That's yes. the song. Yeah. So yeah. was that like at the beginning of the project, the middle of the project, or the end of the project? Did that come about?
1: And what do you mean the project? With
0: the time, yeah, the timing of that song. Was that song something that happened like while you're in the middle of the project, or closer to the end of the project that you you ha- you did that collab and then decided to include it in the in the, in Watercolor Dreams. And I
1: I think that after the verses were done, then I realized that I want to put it to the, uh, the album. Book. But but it wasn't that first that I even did the verses. Uh, oh, first, good. it was only his vocals and uh, the beat, and I was uh, really focusing on the production and like wanted to make something with that. And uh, the feeling of doing my own verses came a bit later for that. And I think that uh, the first verse I even wrote like completely like later, like before sending it into the mix and master. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you never know like when something's gonna happen because sometimes I have had things like at the last minute I get the song that becomes the single. Like I could have thought I knew the single and then I actually write it like like Mm -hmm. really late in the project and like what I thought was gonna be the single suddenly becomes like the latest song I wrote. Like that's the one. (laughs) That's (laughs) the
1: funny thing about making music is like you randomly you can feel like one certain thing, very certainly, and in another moment, you have completely other opinions and other ideas, and you you yeah. will completely change everything. So, so yeah, you you will you never know what's what's gonna yeah, happen. You,
0: until you're done, until you at the final yeah. date where you can't change yeah, anything. I'm at the date where like oh, I now I can't change anything. Like up to the last minute, I'm yeah. still <laughs> I'm still changing yeah. things. So one of the, um, one of the questions I'd like to ask every artist, and it's kind of probably hard, um, but what is their favorite song from this album, and and why?
1: Uh, I think I have a lot of favorites, but I think that "Moving Too Fast" is uh, my favorite as well, because um, as I said, like the the. Painting the picture, I feel like I'm rushing into things sometimes, and then it has consequences and all this uh, type of stuff. So I really, like learning to,
0: to yeah. I like I like the feel it. of it. That's my favorite too, because I like I like the rhythm of it, I like the sound yeah. of it, I like the dynamics, I like the I like yeah. the kind of picture I get in my head. Uh, I really I really de- I found myself after listening to the project. I love everything. And I really, wow. I like, I like demons a lot too. But I kept on going back uh, to listening to that. I really, I, I really dig it. And it's something that's like, it's yeah. like hitting my head. <laughs> and I want. And you never know. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just, it's just, I, I really like it. Um, yeah, so I, I dig that. But um, also, I really so-
1: enjoy the first song because I, I felt like. This kind of introduces the whole album, this I- ideology or this idea that I really want to put in there. And yeah, it's it's cool. about like, uh, it starts with the words of the myths and legends that we said have been lost in memories. And I really feel like this uh, kind of old way of thinking is going away from from at least my generation, and people are, are really starting to open their eyes and think what is actually the right things to do and what do I really stand for? And what do I what like is doing things wrong okay just because it's been done like this for years and these types of things are changing and I really enjoy that. So so that's that's well, uh I,
0: I, I, Yeah, I do love the way the album, if you think about it, like you It's a, it's a, you know, the album's watercolored dreams, but then you've got like visions and mind, and you know, you're talking about thoughts and you're talking about, you know, emotions and thoughts and visions. And it's it's like, it feels like it's a complete project as an album. People do Spotify playlists, they do singles, but this album is structured like a classic, like 70s album. Mm -hmm. Where it has a theme, you can feel the theme of it, and you can feel Mm -hmm. the interconnection between the songs. And it seems like it does. Maybe it's not a full like rock opera, but Mm -hmm. it's telling a story, you know. And I like, I always like that about albums that you can actually, as an artist, I get to have a picture of what you're doing, like a short story or a novel or a movie.
1: Yeah, I uh, really like that uh, also about writing albums is that I feel like I get to tell a complete idea. It's like for me, it's like a book or series is different Mm -hmm. parts that connect into one story. And I also feel like this one emotion or one way of seeing something in a certain period of your life is also like can be very um, multidimensional in a way that mm-hmm. you can like um, uh, see it through the eyes of love you can see it through the hi- eyes of pain with hate, with with pleasure with uh, struggle anything and so I really f- feel like that's why I want to create albums although everyone does say that it's bad for marketing and uh, no one listens to albums and whatever but I feel like maybe they are right in a sense I think, it's, of it's starting
0: to, I think it's starting to shift again um i've i've read that people are going back and listening to 1970s material yeah and most of but, that is album is albums you know so people are yeah. are, are kind of today yeah they'll listen to the club banger but they go mm-hmm. back and they'll listen to a whole like a full record they'll listen yeah. to like tapestry they'll go listen to like like a like a like a full Who album, like a rock opera like Tommy or Quadrophenia mm-hmm. and like or Pink Floyd. Like those those artists, like you don't listen to Pink Floyd usually without listening to the whole album side. If yeah. you go back to like you know any of their stuff, you listen to the whole thing because it's it's like a story. And so yeah. people kind of want that. I, I noticed in hip-hop, you know, every time kind of like Lamar comes out with something it kind of demands that you're going to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like he, he creates projects where you don't just eat, listen to one song and the songs kind of bleed into each other and they're telling stories. Mm-hmm. And so hip hop seems to be able to do that. Yeah. Other musical genres are like, oh, you can't do that anymore. I'm like, well, rock used to do it. And now hip hop is when it's so a, why can't electronic yeah. music do that? He could do that. Yeah. What's the problem?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's, that's kind of the part of me doing what feels right to me is that even though maybe marketing wise, it isn't the most reasonable. I do it because I want to tell the story. I do it because I love making this music and, and I really hope that if there is even one person that finds something from it, it's amazing, you know? So it isn't, about the marketing this isn't yeah. my first concern so that's why i keep making the albums yeah. <laughs> I can't i can't oh, hey, say yeah. everything <laughs> in one song yeah
0: yeah happens. i mean i i i feel feel the same way i mean i just put out like a two-hour album which is people said what yeah. the heck are you yeah. doing and people are like well, no one's gonna listen to 19 songs to go two hours it's like well i have you know i got i got a fan base i got like 5,000 to do it the first week so i say like, fine yeah. but but you know and it's, you know maybe that's as far as it goes but but the whole thing is um I think it's really fun like I don't know if you're gonna perform these but when you have a you have a, an artist and you have albums and you have albums that have themes okay. when you go to do a show your show can have a theme you know you're when you're performing it can be like an experience I mean so do you have like ideas to actually perform this like, yeah in, I actually
1: the- I have already done it twice this album okay, cool. before right. releasing it. And I did it kind of like secretly last minute when I went to Estonia to visit. And Mm -hmm. I took my uh, synthesizer, I took a drum pad and uh, my brother lended me his MIDI. And then uh, I uh, prepared some clips in Ableton Live. And then I also uh, played with the synthesizer and did some uh, a bit more alternative version of this uh, album. And also went more into the emotion of the song rather than doing the complete uh, structure 100% like it is in the album. Uh, And I really enjoyed doing it. And I, I, um, I was really happy to hear good words from people as well. I got really shy and I got really out of character because of it. But it was really nice to see that People appreciate what they're doing, so definitely I want to do this live more. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's the cool thing about. I think pe- some people today can kind of get lost in the in the, in Ableton or Pro Tools, mm-hmm. and and they when they go to go live, they'll do the exact thing they did on record. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big proponent because you know I'm a, I'm a synth head and I've got all my all my toys mm-hmm. behind me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just I love to go out and I can play my song yeah. exactly the way I wrote it. But most mm-hmm. of the time when I go play, I will totally deconstruct it just because yeah. it's more fun for me to go and do it different, because yeah. it's like, I can just do it the same. It's boring. It's like, I'd rather go and try a different way um, yeah. and, see, and kind of vibe off the crowd and pick up the energy and I like, go a different direction. And, you know, it's like the jazz mm-hmm. musician in me that wants to do it that way and do it in a fusion mm-hmm. way. But I think I've seen like a lot of EDM. And trance artists and electronic music artists, they'll go and they'll be on their modular sense and they just go wherever way they want to go. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? You know, I think it's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also really uh, think that it's good to like why I want to do these things that in that way is because first of all, it's more fun for me. And second of all, I feel like... Um, when you come to see a live show, you want to kind of experience something that is a bit different. Maybe you want to think like, what is this girl doing there? Like, what is she like turning now? Why is she touching these lighted things? What are these doing, you know, to yeah, make yeah. you like wonder in a different way. Although I don't think that it's completely bad to just go around and sing the original versions, but I just haven't gotten really to it. I, I yeah. think that, this was the way I kind of developed the live show, and uh, I really enjoyed performing it that way. And yeah, I, I think it's-, it's.
0: But I think it's interesting. Like when I first started, when I was seventeen, right? I was in like cover bands, and so like yeah. I was just playing the song the way it was, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I got bored, and I was like, well, yeah. I really don't want to do that. And I could do it, and I could do it pretty good. But I'm like, I don't want to get stuck being a wedding singer. I don't want to be yeah. stuck in the bar. I, I yeah. want to write, right? And then part of writing was like, yeah, I can play it. Like, I can get people to, if they want to hear my hit, I go to New York and play it the way they want. But yeah. I think a part of playing live, the reason why people went to see like Pearl Jam night after night in the U.S., yeah. they have a tendency that band will play like three days and all the fans will show up at all three days. And why? Mm-hmm. Because Eddie Vedder every night changes the way he does the song. He yeah. would actually change it and people would go and see it because he was changing it. So he got the got his fans to see him three days in a row. Because yeah. he's changing it that much that make it worthwhile going seeing it because he's doing it different every night. And yeah. um, that's what old school rockers used to do. I mean, guys like Pro Jam do that. Wilco does that, but not everybody does that anymore. But it, it's a valid technique because, you know, it, you can get a really good fan base that will appreciate you and then it'll start getting name. People will recognize that, wow, if I go see mm-hmm. you, any night I see you, you're actually going to be a little bit different. And that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They can drive your audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually never thought about it that way, but it's a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can actually, you know, like the Grateful Dead audience, they used to follow the dead everywhere. You know, because mm-hmm. every time they played, they would just play these jams and people are like, well, every time that Jerry Garcia is playing, he's playing something different. And um, mm-hmm. people liked it, you know, um, it's not a bad thing. So you can turn something to somebody and say, oh, they're not playing it the same. You're like, yeah, the certain yeah, yeah. fans won't, won't like it. Yeah, there are there's yeah, a certain yeah. fans that won't like it, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so, so I also like, I think we were talking about albums um, and and you like the album format because you get to tell a story, um, but do you do do you have to kind of um, operate with singles and playlisting in any degree? Like to what you're doing with this project? Or did you have to like? I know you had the Sunbeams video, so does that mean that was the single?
1: Yeah, at first I put out uh, Sunbeams and Broad Mines, uh because. I as singles, although I knew that they were going to be on the album. But that's the thing I felt like I wanted to introduce the ideas of this uh, whole project in a smaller bite form before I actually put the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the music videos also, they just like... Uh, happened to come as this refreshing moment in between this all other audio work and could think more like how could we visualize these uh, smaller ideas in this bigger concept. And uh, yeah, but uh, this might not be the last uh, thing from this album.
0: Oh, you might so. put out some more, you might put out more singles.
1: Uh, not singles, but uh, I'm thinking video. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so, video is a, is a really good thing. I mean, I think video is a, how you know somebody like me in the U.S. and New Hampshire mm-hmm. can like find out about you. You know, actually see you. Yeah. It's a really good uh, mechanism uh, to 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 get. That's why mm-hmm. I went to video podcast instead of audio. Yeah. The video, Podcast actually reaches a bigger audience. Um, yeah. And, and I, I understand why musicians like, why we do video? It's like, but why, why do yeah. you do video? I do, do video because you can reach more people. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, also, I feel like video is quite controvers- controversial topic. Okay, I can't yeah. spell it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: so uh, it's because uh, I made like, now two music videos. For broad minds and sun memes and uh, neither of us actually has me inside of it and the reason is that i feel like the story can shine more when i don't
0: when you're uh, not there yeah
1: yeah in a way yeah because i i uh, felt like i wanted to introduce the album in a way that in this first two bites you think more of the idea or the a concept. Story. Or, yeah, you're uh, looking at the
0: story. For yeah, storyline.
1: Yeah. And then now I gave this uh, album out and now the next one uh, might even have me inside for the first time.
0: That Well, I think it's a cool technique because, you know, I, I kind of grew up in the age of the, when MTV first showed up. And when MTV first showed up, all the bands were just, you could just see the band. Like right? the video, when yeah. they were just, they would just see Duran Duran, or but then Duran Duran started making these films, and then the films actually had stories, and they didn't necessarily show them. They had like characters, and mm-hmm. then other directors actually started having like don't even have the band at all, you know, just have some concept that's not even anything like the song. you would be like that doesn't yeah. even match the song lyrics, but it was something. It was like a yeah. director would see the song and say, "Well, I'm going to interpret it this way," yeah. and I kind of loved that, that early stage of MTV. You've had a lot of interesting videos when they started really treating it like an art and, and it was like stuff going in different directions than what you expected. So the the video was totally different than if you sat and listened to the record on your headphones and then you Mm -hmm. went and watched the video and like, wow, I didn't really see that song that way. You know, it was like totally different. And I think it gave you, gave you a different way to enjoy the music. You could you could enjoy it in multiple media, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that that's the fun of kind of this abstract art or this, like when when the message isn't like fully served in their hand. So you can interpret in different ways, even in different periods of your life. Like yeah. like uh, you listen to one song in a certain period and then you listen to it uh, three years later and the meaning for it m- may have completely shifted or you understand it differently. or Or same with videos, I feel like. It's, uh... yeah, I think it's
0: like just being able to, um, you know, to have like very artistic points of view that might not be obvious. You know, the things like I've always been very eclectic in my taste. I loved um, when Andy Warhol was working with the Velvet Underground. And it, I actually saw some of the film and they would do these happenings in New York at the thing. Andy Warhol had this thing called The Factory. And at the factory, he had uh, musicians painters, uh, models, actors. And then he would have these big screens up and he would be showing like art films and then have the Velvet Underground, like Lou Reed and the Velvets would be playing a like a punk rock kind of Velvet Underground song while this video was behind them, and there's mm-hmm. balloons floating and there's actors and there's models that are all kind of doing all this kind of just a happening. Just there's like this art. They yeah. were just doing this art and it was really you know, I think that was happening in, in San Francisco too, but New York and San Francisco had these kind of ha- happening scenes. Like Frank Zappa was known for doing the same thing with the, with the, with the mothers of invention. They would go and do shows like that. And I always been really interested in the kind of divergence of like painting, acting, modeling, and, mm-hmm. and music. And it seems like, like you're, you're in the same thing. Like the fact that you had, like you weren't in the, the video. You had like an actor in the video, doing a yeah. video, and then you have like painting, like the the AI yeah. painting. You're kind of mixing genres, you know.
1: Yeah, I uh, really feel like it's uh, for me. It's not about me presenting myself, but more like sharing the way I think or sharing mm-hmm. a message that I want people to hear. And uh, that's that's how I think that's how I also feel like I should have like some elements in my videos or the, the things that I wear or the things that I do, I feel like I always try to think it through in a way of what does this mean to me, what does this mean to the listener and uh, does it have to mean anything. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think a lot about these things. <laughs>
0: well, you know, you you, 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 um, you have a really beautiful stagecraft, like the way you present yourself, like the, the clothes you're wearing now, you know, the way, the background yeah. you have right now. Like yeah. you, like some people, like I've interviewed like artists and they'll just come out with their blue jeans and a t-shirt yeah. and they, they just feel that they don't need to, to, yeah. to put on any kind of stagecraft. And I've always yeah. been like, you know, a big fan of like the Lady Gagas and the Bowies and Prince's, yes. you know, because they felt like if I'm going to go on stage, I'm going to be I'm going to be like an actor. And every time you saw Prince, yeah. he, he had this different version of himself from from like the purple rain, the kid to the way he looked in parade with like the black bikini kind of weird thing that he would wear in like the top with the bare midriff and in the, in, the, in the black mm-hmm. hat. He would have different looks for every album. He'd actually yeah. even call it different characters. Like in that in like yeah. Purple Rain, he called it the kid, right? And yeah. then when he was in like in parade, he called himself Christopher Tracy. He created a whole different name. He just created this whole different thing and he's like, I'm Christopher Tracy for this whole record. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, who is Christopher Tracy? Well, he's this character. And it's like and it's like I think this is cool to actually develop your project in in a bigger way. Yeah, you know, like to actually yeah. include the theater. Like, yeah. what are your thoughts? Like, as a musician, do you feel like you bring like theatrical elements when you perform?
1: Uh, I try to. That's that's the thing. I feel like with art, you want to bring as much meaning as possible. I don't think that every artist feels the need for it, but I really want to express myself not only with my music, but with uh, the videos, with my clothes, with my makeup. I really feel like I want to bring the meaning and i want to make people question and i want to make people ask questions from their themselves and uh, so i really find it important and uh, and uh, i feel like this uh, ideology or this uh, this ideas that my work carries it kind of has to reflect in in the in the way I am as well, not
0: only in the songs. Yeah, it's almost like like I always feel like you know people if they ever see me, I I I come out with like a mask. I have a yeah. LED mask and I have a hoodie, and I'm 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 Phantom Electric Ghost. I'm a I'm yeah. the, I'm the Ghost. That's my idea. Yeah. I'm I'm actually a ghost, right? So I go out and I'm I am that ghost when I'm on stage, and it's not mm-hmm. exactly me. It's this other me that's yeah. like you know Phantom. And, yeah. and the idea of, of doing that is like you, you bring that kind of stagecraft because I'm doing a show and I'm, there's theatrics to that. There's like, there's an idea behind it, um, but because you want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to do male and female voices like a phantom and you can't tell who I am. That's yeah. my idea. And I was able to, to kind of carry it off without and say, hey, a ghost can be female or male. So when I go yeah. on stage, I'm like a phantom, And sometimes you hear a female voice. Sometimes you hear a male voice. You hear different voices coming from this one phantom yeah. character. And, and I, and I didn't know how to do it originally. I said, well, am I going to dress up in an androgynous way? Or am I just going to go out? And I came up with the idea of being a ghost because a ghost, you, know, yeah. you can't tell. And I said, well, that will work better. And it worked better for what I was trying to do. And I've been able yeah. to stick with it, you know,
1: <laughs> but,
0: yeah. It was just an idea I had and if I wanted to present myself. I could have just come out just like me, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't really want to do it that way. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I really think that it's, uh, it takes time to develop, to come out with these ideas of what do you want to present, because that's, that's exactly what it is. You're representing some, some sort of thing that you want to uh, show people. So it's the same way that sometimes I meet people uh, through music. And then they ask me, uh, should I call you with your real name or should I call you Rara? And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but which are you referring to? Are you talking to me as an artist, as this project, or are you talking to me as a person? So it's, uh, I don't feel like they are completely like separate, Separate, but I feel like it is still different because Rara Blue for me is kind of like a brand that I represent. Like,
0: yeah. it is the,
1: um, this whole, my whole music, my my artistry in a way is you're, you're connected to Rara Blue, but it it doesn't mean that I can't do any other type of projects or or things that, that don't necessarily maybe fit with Rara Blue. Well, but I well, maybe I really...
0: Maybe you create another version of yourself, you know, because that's what Bowie used yeah. to do, you know. he One yeah. day he's Ziggy. And then he's the thin white duke, and then he's Aladdin lad yeah. saint. So, like each project, you know, he started becoming other things. And it's like once you create yeah. like a persona, like once you like you have Rara Blue now, but you know what's mm-hmm. like, like, who's to say five years from now you decide, yeah. well, I'm going to create another one. Yeah, and I could I could always go back to Rara Blue, or I could yeah. be this new person. You know, and you know it's really up to us as the artist. We can decide, you know, which way we want to go with it.
1: I think that it also really develops over time. Because for me, uh, Rara Blue started off as two. Rara Blue. So it was duality in human nature. So I ca- used in my artistry as well. I photoshopped myself as two people. Mm-hmm. I uh, used a lot of like um, symbols with twos and all these types of stuff. It's sadly a lot of it is gone because my old Instagram got uh, deleted uh, exactly oh, okay. before the last interview. Yeah, but uh, now it's back, and I haven't really focused that much on it anymore. But I wonder if maybe someday, if I have the uh, possibility, maybe I'll bring that back again because I really like the idea of it. It's and a cool uh, idea.
0: I like duality. You know, I always like yeah, totally. the idea. You know, that I used to see like you know Freddie Mercury's and the princes of the World. And white. It was the one time Prince had this like black and white outfit? Half of it was black, half of it was white. And mm-hmm. he was a Gemini. And he he continually in his music, he would have these like dual things because yeah. he would like he would like double down on being a Gemini. And he mm-hmm. would go and like, well, I'm gonna do this male-female thing. It's like half and half, and I'm black and wh- mm-hmm. half and half, white, black and white. And I'm gonna yeah. do these very, very Gemini duality things. Like one yeah. guy is really dark, and this other one is light. And he would yeah. have like a black album, and then he mm-hmm. had like Love Sexy. Well, they both came out the same year. Love Sexy was like, like this like, like love religion album, and Black Album was like a sex album. And he mm-hmm. they both came out at the same time. And he said, "Was well, the flip sides of the same coin?" Yeah, it was like two, two different things. He'd have duality throughout his whole whole career. And I was very much paying attention to it because I was like, he was a great artist, and I was like, that's a cool idea to really mm-hmm. double down on that. Mm-hmm. And really try to see how how far you can go with it artistically. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think anybody who has something out there that's interesting, I like to look at it. And yeah. I, I love the way you use art and the way you use uh, film now, and mm-hmm. and your video technique of not putting yourself in it. And a lot of artists, I don't know if they have they would have the the ability to not have the ego to put themselves in their own work. You know, <laughs> that 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 takes a lot. I, I got to not put yourself in it because people don't know how people are going to see me. It's like, mm-hmm. what well, does it doesn't matter? Because, like, this is still my, this is still Robert Blue. That's your work.
1: Yeah.
0: You didn't I don't think in it. Yeah. You know? that's cool.
1: I don't think that it's uh, necessarily bad. Uh, and I will be in my video for sure, but uh, I don't think that it's needed every time. And yeah, yeah. I think that it's also very much like conscious choice of where do you want to direct the audience, uh, like attention. And what do you want them to see at the first plane? And what do you want them to notice after? What do you you want to give them easy? What do you want them to think about? So it's kind of all uh, of your decision. And that's also why I really like to create the albums is to give a lot of different viewpoints For the perspective so as this duality thing is very like hot and cold then giving a perspective it can be not completely in one end of the spectrum it can be anywhere but it's uh,
0: gray. like you know it's great I think the problem with the single market is like that might you know that song might not really represent your core sound you know you Mm -hmm. you might have a single and it's really hidden but it doesn't give people the full depth of the artist that you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the album and the EP because then you can actually see the full breadth of, of who mm-hmm. our artist is, you know? And then I actually, it's like, you know, it's like you, you if you only just read the synopsis, you have no idea what the whole book is, right? you got a right. like a cliff note, but I want to know, I want a cliff note for my artist. I want to know the whole artist. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you know? but I really feel like it's still kind of a snapshot of the period of my life because mm-hmm. I find myself like thinking over some thoughts and some patterns in the society and these types of things but at the same time few years later I might see it completely differently and as I mature also my things might change so this is really like a snapshot of my past year and
0: uh, yeah yeah it represents like a period
1: how and how I have I have developed. Yeah. Well it's
0: really great having you here again, Rob Blue. that we've had you on the show. Yes, uh, and this is awesome to, to have this new album shown here. We we encourage everybody go to the hyperfollow.com forward slash rare blue. That link will be clickable when this gets published. We will be on Spotify Video Podcast and apple we'll have permanent links everywhere this was on twitter twitch facebook and youtube live and uh we'll have the permanent links uh for you and we're very excited to have you here um we are always putting out an open invitation we're planning on doing another peg bedroom producer festival if you um ever have um the capacity in that festival we have any podcast guest actually play a live set like 20 30 minutes And they just do it on this platform. And they do it from wherever they are. So however they can do it, if they can do like an unplugged, if they could do like a plugged in, uh, it's something we try to set up. We're going to try to set up this year for December. We're not sure if that's going to work with people. It might get shifted till like February. But we're going to see where people are and uh, and figure out where we should schedule it. So open invitation if you want to do it.
1: Yeah, that sounds really fun.
0: Well, thank you very much, Robert, for being on here. And like I, I do encourage everybody to go to everywhere her music is. It's on all the platforms. You know, actually play it, playlist it, download it, favorite it, subscribe to her channels, subscribe to everywhere and like everywhere you can. Uh, that's how we get um, noted as an artist. That's how we get recognition. That's how things get counted. So yeah. thank you very much for being on the program.
1: Thanks. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for everybody that listened. And I'm really grateful to everybody that listens to my music and helps to share it. And uh, yeah. And everybody that was a part of this, I love you so much and thank you. <laughs> and I'm really excited for what's next and uh, to see you again. Talk to you. Yeah, again.
0: definitely. We'll have you on again. Anytime you want to uh, talk about anything you're working on your open invitation to come on the show. Thank you very much.
1: Right. Thank you. Thank you